What is up, Bridge Runner Nation? Welcome back to our 40th Bridge Runners Live show. Tonight we had Briston Reigns, who is the owner of Texas Devil Running Company. He's a race director, a student athlete for Southern Arkansas, and a fellow podcaster. Oh, by the way, Briston is only 18 years old. We were super excited to get to know how he manages everything and how he got into race directing at such a young age. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. What is up, Ridge Runner Nation? Welcome back to Ridge Runners Live, episode number 40, this time with Briston Reigns, owner of the Texas Double Running Company, fellow podcast host, and Southern Arkansas cross-country and track and field athlete. Briston was only 18 years old when he saw a niche in the running community that he wanted to take advantage of, starting a race management company and a podcast in Texas while being a college freshman, taking a leap to do what he loves for a living that most people wouldn't even begin to consider at his age and in his situation. So it's safe to say that this is a guy with big goals and an even bigger work ethic to chase them. Briston, welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm super happy to be here. So, All right. And so not only is Briston a first for this podcast when it comes to being our youngest ever guest, but he's also the first guest that uh, could quite literally get us in legal trouble if we ask our typical first question, uh, what are you drinking tonight? We've had guests that are straight edge who have early mornings the next day, kids to take care of, things like that. But Briston quite literally is legally not allowed to drink beer yet. So I'm going to move right past him and actually ask Wesley what he's drinking tonight. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. It's good to see. Uh, I've got the uh, Ruby Grapefruit White Claw. Look at that. So I'm super excited. I got the White Claws this week. Maybe just tonight. But we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm super excited to kind of talk to Briston, obviously, uh, 18 years old and kind of just going through uh, starting his own running racing company and whatnot it's going to be awesome to kind of talk to him about that but before we dive too deep into that i want to know um are you a dallas cowboys fan um actually i've never been a huge fan of football my parents um all my family loves football um but i don't even watch it so i guess yeah um they like ou boomer sooners better but um uh yeah not not a huge huge football fan so I was going to say, because our Browns, Cleveland Browns game's on right now. We're obviously with you, spending some awesome time with you. But uh, our Browns gave the Dallas Cowboys a beat down earlier in the year. And uh, if, if that was the case, we're going to make sure that you knew about it. But, uh, yeah, YouTube, I'll be holding down the comment section tonight. So if you have any questions or anything for uh, Briston, make sure to throw those in there. Uh, Cam, you have a beverage as well. What are you drinking tonight? I do. Um, in a classic turn of events, I am once again drinking a Jackie O's Who Cooks For You, Hazy Pale Ale. <sighs> One day I will diversify my choices and probably not into White Claw territory, but, you know, I'm working through everything that's in the fridge. I'm not saying that I got these for Hellgate and I had a couple at Hellgate, but uh, these were definitely a recent acquisition of mine. And I'm just finishing them off. I feel like I feel like you always have the worst choices when it comes to that stuff, though. anyways let's let's move on to briston he's the guest tonight we have heard enough from wesley over the years um so just to start briston i mentioned earlier that you're a freshman at southern arkansas you're on the cross country and track and field team but how did you find trail running yeah so um it started my sophomore year of high school so sophomore year of high school at the end of it i flipped a coin i was like i'm gonna go all in on like basketball or cross country. I flipped the coin. It was like cross country. So I was like, all right, running's going to be my thing. So I started training, started watching a bunch of training videos on YouTube. And then the ginger runner popped up and instantly fell in love with trail running. Like the first video, like people running on these hiking trails, like on these amazing views, pushing, or pushing their bodies to limits. Like it was really amazing. And it kind of took my breath away. I was like, that's what I want to do. And I kept on going farther and farther down the rabbit hole. I read Born to Run, um, all the Scott Jerk stuff. And um, yeah, kind of led me to where I am now and super knowledgeable about the sport. I've been following it since sophomore year of high school. So about two and a half, three years now. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how I found trail running. And I joined a couple of trail runs around the North Texas area. So yeah, that's kind of how I found it. Mm-hmm. And so a piece of advice I often hear is that if you're stuck figuring out what 
uh, choice to make between two decisions is flip a coin and you'll know in the air which side you want the coin to land on. Briston, did that happen with you when you flipped that coin? Um, yeah, you know, I would, I would say that when I flipped that coin, like I kind of, my heart was kind of leaning on the side of running already. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah. I feel like it was just something that was meant to be for me. So. All right. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad that advice checks out if anybody in Ridge Runner Nation <laughs> needs that. Um, and so with that said, we also mentioned, right, you are the owner of Texas Devil Running Company. You have the Texas Devil Running Talk Show podcast as well. Uh, I was a guest on that. Um, that show dropped on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, stuff like that on Saturday, if you're interested. Briston, why and how do you decide to start a race management company as a college freshman? <laughs> yeah, um, I'll kind of do it short story long. So um, I've always been like super entrepreneurial and like optimistic. Like when I was 13, I tried out for America's Got Talent. I was like a magician and I've always tried to do big things. And in high school, I started like middle school. I wanted to do like a video game company or something like that. And um, in high school, I had several companies, um, even a running company called Apache Running. And it was just a clothing brand company. Uh, for runners. And I had all these businesses in high school and they all failed. Um, but I've always kind of desired uh, owning a business. And it was kind of like a manifestation manifestation thing. Like I knew if I would wait, it'd eventually come. And um, I was telling you all about this earlier, but uh, for a Texas Double Running Company, um, I was walking back from my microeconomics class. I put my key in the door. I remember all this vividly. And I was putting my key in the door. And as I was turning it, it just hit me out of nowhere. Like the whole business model, everything. There's no running company in Texas that puts on races, has a running content, a talk show, and like our own running apparel um, or like our clothing line um, and coaching. There is not a company that has all, all, the, all those things. So um, it kind of hit me there. And as soon as it happened, my roommate walked in the room. I told him about it. I was like, bro, bro, you got to hear about this idea. I was telling him about it. And then I was like, what would be a good name for it? And then I was like, Texas Devil Running Company, like it just flows. It sounds good. And like, it's not controversial because, you know, you got like the Arizona Sun Devils and stuff like that. So um, I, I knew it was a good name and um, kind of went from there. I got this journal, actually. It's right here. And um, as soon as I like this all happened within like two hours, as soon as I um, got the idea, I immediately wrote it down in here. I wrote down my why um, so I could always remember my why. Um, and then. It just talks about the company, what I expect from it. And it's literally like full of like so much stuff. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it started. And um, I'll go ahead and read y'all my why real quick. Um, my why was to go into a field I love, which run, which was running. Um, I've always known, like I knew after college, I wanted to do something with like race drifting, coaching, something like that. Um, but uh, whenever this hit me, I knew like this is what it was, what was meant for me. This is what I've always wanted. Um, but yeah, like I said, like running's literally my entire life, super passionate about it. And if you listen to Gary Vaynerchuk, he talks a lot about doing what you love and if you do what you love, then that's the, and you, you work hard and you keep discipline and everything, then that's the way to do it. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I started the, the company and, um, everything about that. So, so I've got two questions here. The first one is, um, was there ever a point where like your why was challenged and just throughout this whole process, you're like, I don't know if like this is the way or like maybe it just made you double think yourself or have you just kind of like held true to the whole process this entire time? And what was that moment like for you if it occurred? Um, no, it's honestly been like a bull-like mentality. Like that happened in August. So I don't know, quite a few months ago. Um, and I've like, I haven't taken my eyes off the site. Like I could literally see my company logo, but this isn't it. This is just part of the, like the clothing brand. But I could literally see my company logo, uh, like on the glass window of a downtown shop, um, somewhere like around the Dallas area. Like I could visually see it. And I'm just like, I, I really want that. I, I want to do what I love and, um, kind of inspire other people to run and get more people into the sport. And, kind of show them like my side because you know there's not any younger race directors and the young generation are the trail runners coming up and so um we kind of like different things about trail running than the older people do um but yeah so my why definitely hasn't been challenged and um 
just the idea of it being big just keeps me going and my why keeps me going. So, um, yeah, nothing's taking my eyesight off the, off the wide though. So. Yeah, no, I, I love to hear that. Uh, the second question I had was, uh, you mentioned that you were a magician back in the day. What's your go-to magic trick? Um, my go-to magic trick. So I'll go ahead. Let me see if I can show y'all real quick. I don't think I have any coins. Um, I want to show y'all kind of real quick. So I would take a coin and um, I would like lick the back of my hand. When you do that and press the coin against it, it would stick to it. So I'd act like I'm putting the, the coin in my hand. And then like, if you do this and your hand goes behind, you could press the coin right here, but it looks like the coin's going in your hand and you open your hand and it's gone. And then you pull it out magically. So that's kind of like my go-to. It's easy. There's another one, but I'm not going to tell you because it's really good. And uh, it like blows everybody away. So. That's fair. Yeah, we'll have to go to one of your races and uh, see you perform it uh, firsthand. <laughs> That'd be something else, yeah. <laughs> I, I will say you did just reveal one of your secrets to us, so I don't know if we can refer to you as a magician as well as a race director. Hey, hey it was that one's just a it's – it's on YouTube, so I'm not too worried about it. The other one is the one I made, so that's why. But Okay, we'll let you keep that one a secret, and all of our listeners who end up at one of your races will get to see it in person. <laughs> All right. It sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. And so with that said, right, um, sort of a running company, race management, t-shirts, all of those things really fit in really like closely together in a niche, right? But you have this added side of, well, I want to do content creation. And obviously the main thing that you've been doing so far is the podcast. Why did you start to decide to also start a podcast related directly to this race management company instead of having it be like off to the side as a thing that you also do? Yeah. Um, so the podcast was kind of an in the moment idea. So the content side was just going to be like YouTube videos and a lot of posts on Instagram and stuff, but it grew to the talk show kind of spontaneously. Um, it just hit me one day again. And, uh, on that day, I think I like had a podcast guest and I signed up for like an account and everything. I did it all in like one day, but, uh, whenever I would go on runs and stuff, uh, I would always listen to like trail running podcast. And I was like, why, why, why not? I start one that's specifically in Texas. Like, I don't think there's a running podcast that's just niched in like Texas and stuff like that. Um, so I made it and, um, yeah, I think, I think that the, it was also another source to where people would be able to find the company and people that are already invested into the company that really like the brand. It also, it's something else for them to uh, listen to and like give them a benefit of something to hear um, something interesting and it's free too. like anybody can listen to it, to the podcast. So it gives runners something else to listen to something unique. Um, yeah. And it's just another outlet uh, to, to bring people in and to, for the people that are already in to listen to it. So what's been your favorite part so, uh, so far about like having a podcast, obviously we can kind of sort of relate <laughs> to that a little bit, but uh, I want to hear your story about like what the favorite part's been so far. I, I love listening to people's stories. People have so many cool stories and I've talked to like so many different types of runners and different runners. Um, but I, I love the stories, like just people's stories, learning about their, like who they are and like what they did and what their story was of the race. Um, everything like that. So yeah, stories of, of people are definitely just my favorite thing to, to talk to them about and uh, learn about people. So. Yeah, that's, that's really good to hear. We also really love sort of like getting all that information from everybody and just sort of like sharing it. Right. Um, and so for me, right. And we talked about this a little bit on the podcast, the, the joy doesn't really come from like me getting to hear the story. Right. But it comes from the fact that like, I'm also getting to like share this with like a larger group of people. And one thing that you've kind of done by like starting this risk management company uh, from scratch is you're like, you're kind of creating this trail running community from scratch. So what would you say is one piece of advice that you would give to um, anybody who is looking to start like a local community or do you get more engaged with a local community that already exists? Yeah. Um, I've built quite a, like quite a community since August. I think in the first 30 days I was able to grow the Instagram account to like over like 900 followers or something like that. And literally what I did was um, just like from running, like running with a bunch of trail running guys around the Dallas area. Uh, I 
told them all about it and they all told their friends and it kind of spread word of mouth. But I guess already being a part of the community and going on group runs and interacting with like people on social media, like I was sending people on D- like DMs, like, hey, just started this company. Would love if you could come and support and just give me a follow or something like that. And um, so I guess it's just really providing the community some value. Like they would follow and the value they get would be all like the running memes I post on there sometimes and all the content and stuff and then races if they want to do races. So um, I'd say like just provide people with a lot of value and um, they'll just come and uh, give you a follow and like want to be a part of what, what you are and um, tell, get, tell people what your vision is too, uh, like what your why is and everything because people really attach to that and like that. So uh, yeah, just put yourself out there and give people value is the best advice I would get. So one thing I learned at Ohio University and like the media program was that content always wins out. You know what I mean? If you have good content, you know, people will come. If you continue to do things well, you know, people will eventually come to it. And it's kind of been cool to see that happen with you uh, in this whole process. Uh, one thing I want to talk about right now is all of your races. I've got them listed here, but I want to quiz you <laughs> and make sure that you know what all of your races are and give a description for what they are and kind of like why each one was started. Yeah. So when I first started the company, I was like, okay, if I really want to do this for a living and try to get out of college like as soon as possible, I have to get a bunch of races done and also do races to where people would have like an amazing experience. So the the first race I put on, which is usually at the end of December, it's the one I just, I literally just put this on like uh, a couple days ago, actually. And it's called the Cook County Patriot 5K. It's in my hometown. Um, it's my first race I've ever done. And I did the race because, uh, Gainesville, Texas, which is where I lived and grew up and went to high school is the most patriotic city in America. And it's also my hometown. And um, there's a running community here, but there's no one pushing anything running. So I figured I'd be that person. And um, I just want to give people an awesome experience. And like all, all the courses give the runners value. Like the course I had for the Cook County Patriot 5K, beautiful course. It's, a, it's an amazing course. Um, so I have that in December. And then I tried to do one in January, but uh, it didn't get approved by the state park. So um, I'm going to have to wait till the ones later. And I have a spring semester at college. So all of spring and like the main race season, I can't put on any races. So I was like, okay, I got to put on as many races as I can, like before it gets super hot and then also use the hot to my advantage. So I'm going to explain what I mean by that. So May 8th, 2020, I'm going to be putting on the Trooper Cobber 50K. It's a 25K and 50K trail race. Um, over in kind of the West Texas area by Wichita Falls. Amazing. Like everything's just amazing about it. And uh, Chupacabra 50K, like Chupacabra just sounds cool. So um, it's going to be amazing chorus, cool, cool, uh, cool race and everything. Um, and the two weeks after I have uh, the East Texas Ultra, and that's going to be in East Texas at another beautiful uh, state park where there aren't already races. And then I got the Firecracker 5K because I have all this event stuff. So why not put on uh, an extra race and make some extra cash and I'll give people a good experience. And then here's the big one. So when I first started this company and wanted to do races, this was the one I wanted to put on the hardest race in Texas, if not in Texas, in the United States. So I had the idea for the Texas Diablo 100 and it was going to be this crazy hot 100 mile race in the middle of July. I was like, okay, I could do this, but I think it'd be better to start a little bit smaller. So I'm going for the hardest marathon in Texas. And it's going to be like July 24th. It's going to start at noon in the, like in Texas. It's going to be like a hundred something degrees. And it's literally a trail marathon and half marathon and the hottest, like it's the hardest marathon in Texas. Like I typed in hardest mar- marathon in Texas on Google. This one popped up and it, like, it wasn't hard. Like it, it just had a bunch of hills or something. So I was like, all right, I'm going to make the hardest marathon in Texas because right now the hardest race in Texas goes to trail racing over Texas. Um, Shout out to Rob. Um, yeah, goes to him. But I was like, all right, I'm going to make the hardest marathon. So uh, Texas Diablo Marathon's the big one. Uh, that's my favorite one. That's one I'm looking forward to. Um, a lot of planning went into that. I had a, already had meetings with, like, with the state park managers and everything like that. So um, that one should be approved anytime. And then uh, I think, yeah, so from August, it's going to be August. It's just going to be too hot and humid. So I got fall semester, and then I won't be able to put on races again until, like, November, December. So, um, yeah. And then November I have the backland, which is the last man standing trial race. And then I have the Cook County Patriot 5k again, and I'm going to put on the Gainesville marathon. So that's all my races. I got a pretty busy schedule. Um, yeah, but 
yeah, that's all the races so far. So no doubt. And one thing that you actually had Rob on your Texas devil running talk show I yeah. believe, right, as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was super awesome to talk to him. And, um, I've been to a bunch of his races and Rob's a super cool guy. He's someone I look up to. He has an awesome story. Um, just from where he started and everything. And, uh, he's an inspiration to me. Um, and, uh, I just wanted to get to know him, uh, talk to him personally. Cause I've seen him at races, but he's in the middle of race directing. Like when people talk to race directors and the races and they're trying to do stuff, you know, you can't really get to know him that well. So, uh, I just wanted to get to know him real well and, uh, get his story out there. Cause he has a really awesome story. So, um, yeah, Rob's an awesome guy though. I love his races too. He has like, I think like 16 or something like that in Texas. So yeah. Awesome guy. Awesome company. Yeah, Rob and Rachel holding down the fourth there at uh, racing over Texas. But, you know, I think eventually, you know, they probably, I don't know when, but, you know, they will probably eventually have to go up to, like, up their races and whatnot. And, like, a guy like you could take over, like, the Habanero 100 in addition to, like, all of your other races that you kind of got going on there. And that would be uh, definitely cool to see. I want to talk about the uh, Texas Diablo Marathon just a little more in depth. Obviously, this is, like, you wanted to put on the hardest race, hardest marathon in Texas, but like, what do you expect? Like even like a finishing time would be, or like, I mean, like the, the first place person, like, just like, what are you kind of expecting from that first year event? Yeah. And I, I do want to say North Texas and I guess Houston area can relate to this, but everywhere, everywhere else in Texas, it's hot, but it's a dry hot, but there's nothing like having a humid hot in the North Texas or Houston area. And there's no races that, endure in that kind of in that kind of um climate and it's just it's brutal running in 100 degrees and humidity uh humidity makes it like feel like 20 degrees higher and it's harder to breathe um so this race i do want to be careful you know rob said don't put on a race that's too hard because people will push themselves and i definitely took that advice so that's why i didn't throw in like a 50k yet um i want to learn from this and then maybe put on some harder races but literally it starts at like noon and I'm expecting people to finish the marathon within at least, I think the cutoff time is like within like 10 hours or 12 hours or something. So plenty of time, but it's not going to be easy. It's like, feels like 115 degrees. You're like breathing in like wet air. Um, and it's a trail. It's a tough trail. Uh, and it's going to be high. I'm going to have like EMS on site. Um, we're going to have like ice cooler things and running in North Texas in the July, especially in the middle of days, no joke, especially on a trail. Um, so yeah, I just want to put something on the challenge to people. We have the Hotter and Hell Hundred, which is a super popular cycling race over. It's kind of in our area, and uh, there's no running race like that. So Hotter and Hell Hundred is a super hard race to put on in August. Same thing, um, it's just cycling. So I was like, okay, I know people want something tough and hard in July. So um, I was like, I'm just gonna put it on. So um, yeah, it's super brutal. It's gonna be hard and. Um, people have to be prepared and they have to do heat training. And I have, I have that already listed uh, for when people register and everything like that. So yeah, it's, it's going to be brutal and um, it's not going to be easy. So yeah. Love it. Yeah. Sign up people. Uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be <laughs> tough. Uh, we actually have our first chat question, Michael Owen for the uh, race director of SEOTR events in Southeastern Ohio has a question here. He says, being so young, what do you think you need to do at this point in your life to get you to where you want to be later in life? Yeah. So like what I need to do right now is I need to build this foundation of this company just started a couple months ago. I need to build a foundation, just build it up from here. But I, I really just need to stay disciplined and keep working hard. Like I put in so much work into this company and um, it's a really a disciplined thing. Like it's, I literally look at it as running. It's like running to me. Um, so I just need to keep on putting races and putting on more races. Like I, if I wasn't in college right now, I'd be putting on like 18, 20 races a year. Like I'd already be set. Like I feel like college is kind of like holding me back a little bit because that's, you know, fall, spring. Uh, where I could be putting on way more races, making a lot more money. So I know if I were to leave college, I would be able to like make a lot of money. But you know, I love running cross country at Southern Arkansas, and I also want to get my degree and have my parents be proud of me for that. So, um, yeah. But I just need to keep build up the races. I just need to go full force with it. Just put on even more races, and um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's what I would need to do. So, all right, that's a 
Great question from Michael Owen, who definitely did not text our group chat at one point and be like, doesn't this kid sound like 18 year old me? Um, I don't know about that, Michael. It sounds like he's dreaming even bigger, frankly. Um, but so with that said, Briston, um, we've talked a lot about the races that you already <laughs> put on. What is your dream race to put on? Like, what is your number one thing? Like, this is what I want to do the most. Yeah. So like I said, like, I really want to put on one of the, like, I want to be, I want my company to be known to put on like one of the hardest races in the United States. I know like Badwater has that right now, but, um, I really want to put on like, like nothing too hard. Like I'm still taking Rob's advice. I don't want to put something on too hard, but I want to put like something like that's just super unique. Like something that like a race that no one's ever seen before. So with that, not only do I just want to put on like the hardest race ever, but I also want to put on like some super unique races, like no one's ever thought of or heard of um, that just are unique within themselves. Like the last man standing trail race was like super unique. I forgot who came up with that, but um, putting on things like that, like, and like the Georgia death race, when you have to carry like the spike, like I just want to put on like, a super unique race and renowned race and one that people will remember and that will like be kind of like a historic race. Like I, I just want to put on a really amazing race. Um, and one that's just super unique. Like that's the main thing about all my races. Like I want them all to be unique. I just don't want it to be a normal trail race. I want them to be all unique within their own selves. So I just don't, I, I don't put on just random races. Like they all have a big meaning behind them and um, they're all unique in their own way. So that's always great, especially I know as a runner kind of going into a race, like when the race director has a passion for the course, for the area, for just the general, just everything kind of going on around it, you kind of, it just feels different. I know from my experiences and especially Debbie not at the room, the River 100, Cam can attest to this, like just that race felt different than most first year 100 mile races. Uh, Michael Owen kind of has a follow-up question to his previous question and he says, can you use college to help gain the skills to be an event organizer, such as maybe seeking a degree in event management this is something that michael did when at grad school uh, at his time in college so he's probably just curious on if you could do, you know, follow in his footsteps i guess yeah um i'm studying in marketing media right now um i used to have like a media company when i was like 16 called reigns media it was like a marketing thing um i've always been like a marketing type of guy i really like marketing um so i don't know like i feel like uh race management or just really in general business degrees are kind of helpful. Like you do learn like some like legal, legal stuff. Um, but I feel like you don't need it to be a race director. Like I just put on my first race um, a couple of days ago and I don't have any experience, you know, I just did what I th thought you were supposed to do and it, it went well, um, but I do feel like it would be helpful, uh, but I don't feel like it's needed though. So. Okay. Yeah, that's, Definitely good answer. Hopefully uh, Mo is feeling the worth of his uh, Liberty University degree right now. Um, I'll, I promise I'll stop taking shots at him when he stops taking shots. He was only, at one, he was, he was only at one semester at Liberty, so it's all good. Um, so kind of moving on from the races you direct, Briston, we haven't really talked that much about your own running uh, other than you being on the cross country and track team at uh, Southern Arkansas. So what is your dream race to run? Yeah, so my dream race, um, I feel like a lot of people would say like Western States or something, which honestly, like Western States would be cool. But like, I want to do like the bad water 135. Like I want to do like races that are extremely tough and that will push you to your biggest limit. So dream race would be bad water. Uh, yeah, that's the, that's the dream race right now. So. Okay. And for context, person, I know this came up on your podcast when we talked, um, but what is the furthest you've ever run at the moment? <laughs> yeah. So the furthest I've ever ran was a marathon, but that was like when I was 16. Um, and I've been wanting to do like a 50 K and I would have already done it by now, but being in college and having to keep like my fast twitch for the eight K race coming up and I have my season coming up. Um, I, I can't really do that because our, my coach would like probably kill me if I did that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, 26 though, um, when I was like 16 and then, uh, 50k is coming soon though. I'm gonna do that for sure. 2021. So, yeah. I just want I just want to play a quick game real quick. Uh, raise your hand if you've run a marathon and you're 16 years old. 
Oh, come on. Oh, that's, there it is. That's not a fun game for me. <laughs> it's like, raise your hand if you could do deadlifts at 16. <laughs> Good it's like, that's, that's fine. We'll just, we'll, pl- we'll do this. That's fine. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, anyway, some of us didn't discover running was fun until like our early 20s. But so with that said, um, Briston, what are you most excited about being a race director and putting on these races? Yeah, so when I put on my first race, it was like, it was something else, like going out and running the course myself and marking it like with my friends and having all my friends come and help volunteer and stuff. Like, it's just cool. Like, it's just such a cool thing. Like, I'm like, who would not want to do this? But at the same time, it is like the most like high, like stressful job you can do. And I feel like you have to like be able to be a leader in a sense and like keep calm and like just keep cool and uh, be able to like work in um, like a high, kind of like a high volume environment. Like your head is like literally on a spin the whole time. Uh, but it's fun. Like it's, I would like literally like it's something I would want to do like till the day I die. Like it's so cool to be able to go out like the day before and like go mark the course and give people experience um, and then for them to, you know, like PR and stuff like that, like, it's just so cool. Like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. And, uh, I really enjoy it though. And, um, it's definitely something I love to do. Um, yeah. And I learned a lot from my first one too. So the like when the race started, like, what was that moment like for you? Obviously I can imagine a ton of emotions kind of putting on your first race, but like, what was that like moment like for you, the first couple of seconds, seeing all the runners kind of take off? Yeah, it was, it was kind of like relief. It was like, okay, they're off now. Now let's just hope they don't like go off course or like something tragic happens. And it's just kind of, um, it's a sense of relief though. Like you're like, okay, everybody got their packet pickup. Um, everybody's in the race is going now. You don't have to worry. Like, it's funny right before, um, the race started like 30 minutes before, um, I, I put up my inflatable arch that I had and the ripper broke or the zipper broke on the bottom and so air was coming out so like it was like a half inflated inflatable arch and um the zipper wouldn't zip so i didn't know how to seal it so i like started cutting holes trying to zip tie it and i couldn't get it to work i was like okay it looks like we're not gonna have an arch i spent like tw- 10 minutes like 15 minutes when i was supposed to be telling people where to go that are volunteering and stuff so that was like super stressful but um yeah eventually though my dad uh he was there to help me but be like sealed it with like rocks and stuff like that but um yeah so like that was like something that that was like super stressful like it threw everything off course like for that 15 minutes i was supposed to be telling my friends like where to uh control traffic and stuff like that so um yeah though yeah it was a cool race though it was fun and um everybody seemed to enjoy it they all liked the course liked the views and uh everybody seemed happy all the sponsors were happy um so yeah it, it, it when I would say it was successful and um, a lot of people enjoyed it. So I'm sure other race directors with a ton of experience will say, no matter what you do, however much prep you do on race day, there's always one thing that'll just stress you out more than you could ever even imagine on race day, like that uh, arch scenario. Uh, we've got a question from Sarah Newcomb in the chat. She says, you're a student, a student athlete and owner of this company with being so busy. I can imagine that you're overwhelmed. How do you manage that feeling and, does that hinder your momentum? Yeah. And um, like I was talking about earlier, working in like a high stress environment. Um, I feel like it's a bit of like kind of a, just a natural thing to be able to work in a high stress environment. Like I really am, especially like in college, like so busy, but I guess in order to keep myself like in order and not overwhelmed is just uh being in control so a lot of people they'll look at their to-do list have like 15 things and they'll get overwhelmed and won't do it but it's just going in um kind of taking the blows and just working like even when you don't want to work and um just being productive so um yeah being productive it just it keeps me from getting overwhelmed and uh keeping my why in mind um, and everything like that just trying to keep calm and obviously running helps with that too like running's like so meditative and so whenever i go run like I don't really have any stress at all. Like it kind of just goes away, come back. And I'm like, okay, this is what I needed to do. I'm gonna get it done. So uh, I feel like it can be overwhelming, uh, but I, I just 
I, I don't make it over. It never feels overwhelming to me. Like I'm just like, okay, I'm, I signed up for this. I'm gonna get it done and you just go and get it done. So yeah. That's all right. That's a good answer. And <laughs> so Briston, um, here's a, another question that I've been thinking a lot about uh, as someone who's never sort of directed a race or anything like that. But do you end up more nervous the night before a race that you're going to put on as a race director or before running in a race yourself? Yeah. So the night before um, we were putting up flags and everything and it was like eight o'clock at night and I was going to wake up at like four or something to, to go to the course and put up the tents and everything. And honestly, it was a sense of like, okay, I hope no one comes and like steals my signs and stuff. And for like a five minute period, kind of felt like throwing up a little bit. But after that, I went home, ate, um, and just chilled, and it just went away. And honestly, I was I was pretty chill about it the whole time, um, and uh, I was excited. Like it wasn't ner- I wasn't nervous. I was excited uh, to put it on. And when I got there, um, it really was like a boom, boom, boom. Like I got there at like four thirty, I think, and the race started at eight. And from like four thirty to like uh, like seven thirty, the whole time. I was just like doing stuff. Like it was a lot. Um, and you would think three hours would be enough time to set up a tent and all that stuff, but it really wasn't. Uh, so, so yeah. All right. And so um, transitioning a little bit now towards your own podcast, right? We've obviously talked about your podcast and you said earlier that your favorite thing was sort of like hearing all of these stories from people. What has been the favorite story that uh, has been told on your podcast so far? Yeah, uh, Ed Shelton's Moab 240 experience. So Ed, uh, he's from Austin area, I think, and he's from Texas, and he went and ran the Moab 240, and just he literally like for an hour straight told me the entire like beginning to end, just hearing about the hallucinations, everything, um, and just the story itself of the Moab 240 was just so cool, and how like he lives in Texas, and like there's like hills here, but there's no there's no vert here, like unless you go to like El Paso area, but like there's no dirt. There's just a couple of hills and stuff like that. So just him being from Texas and hearing about hallucinations and everything was super cool. And everything else that was within that story was so cool. But yeah, uh, definitely my favorite story. It's gotten the most streams and everything. A lot of people enjoyed hearing it too. So yeah. What's been your philosophy so far about like through putting on the podcast? Obviously a lot of people take a lot of different approaches, but what's one thing you kind of like come back on is like, Hey, this is what I'm going to do with this to kind of help me do other things that I want to accomplish. Yeah. What was your question again? Oh, good question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. So like, what was the, what's been like, what's been the process with putting on the podcast? Obviously, you know, it obviously sets you up to do a lot of different things and it's kind of just like a big piece in the puzzle, but what's one yeah. thing that's kind of just like been transformative in that process? Um, I would say, uh the like getting experience from having a bunch of different guests on and just the experience of doing it has been pretty transformative and just hearing people's stories and hearing people's feedback on it was big too like a lot of people would message me like give me feedback and like talk about stuff that we were talking about and um so yeah the influence is definitely like the coolest thing like the influence you have on people especially like when you talk about training and stuff like this is stuff like where you're talking about it with other people, like people are going to go and implement some of that stuff into their own training. And uh, so, yeah, I guess the influence is definitely the biggest, um, biggest thing. Uh, so, yeah. And so with that in mind, Briston, what is the um, number one thing you've learned from a podcast guest that you've either applied to running the business or maybe to your own running training or something like that? Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing I've learned um yeah, the biggest thing I've learned, because I've talked to a lot of ultra runners that ran like crazy distances, is that if you're going to run like an ultra race, you don't have to train high mileage. If you do like 40, 50 miles a week and do weight training, you'll be set. So that's the biggest thing I learned for deck training wise is if you're doing an ultra, you don't got to run crazy miles. Like you can do minimal miles per week and just do weight training to strengthen your legs and uh, it'll all go good. So yeah, that's the biggest thing I've learned. So Definitely. And obviously, uh, it's kind of switching gears now. Um, you had Cam on the 
Texas Devil Running Talk Show. And you can find that on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Check that out if you haven't already. Uh, Cam kind of dove into like the nuances of Bridge Hunters, kind of like what our goals are and kind of just stuff like that. But Brayson, one of the things you want to talk about on this episode was just a couple questions for you and a couple questions for us. So uh, let's take a couple of minutes here. And if you have anything uh, for us, I guess throw that out now. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to know y'all's why. So obviously like y'all put a ton of work into this and um, it's a big discipline thing too. So like what keeps y'all going? Like what's y'all's why? Oh man, Cam, do you want to start with this one? Um, yeah, I guess. Right. Uh, this is not an easy question to answer, frankly, um, especially being as Many of y'all know I kind of came in after Ridge Runners was already started. Um, I mean, I didn't even really know Wesley or John when they started the show. And uh, becoming friends with them um, sort of like through the ultra running community and especially at the Backyard Ultra and really getting to know them because of this and going on these like long training runs. um, It just it became more apparent to me uh, after I started hosting the show that why it sort of, it, it more materialized, right? Because at first I was mostly doing as like a favor to a friend because Wesley couldn't really uh, put in as much work anymore, you know? And after that, I really realized how much uh, joy I get from sort of being like a person who not only like creates things for this community that has accepted me so wholly, Um, but also sort of like gets to share this community with other people who may not know what like trail and ultra running is all about, you know, who sort of just hear like, oh, those are those people that run a hundred miles, you know, that's really strange. And then you, you don't hear about how like loving and accepting and just sort of like truly weird and joyous all these events are, um, And that's really what I want to like share and grow and the, you know, like the main why for me is like, well, this has all been so great for me and such an immense source of joy and comfort in my life that why, you know, is, you know, like, let me share this with other people. Like, let me try to have other people feel the same way that I do, you know, and even if it ends up not being something that they find in ultra running you know, that's okay. But just how can I encourage other people to also go after these like strange, weird things that they want to do that are going to make them feel more fulfilled? That's an awesome answer, Cam. I'm definitely not going to have an answer as uh, as good as that one is, as wholehearted as that one is. But my kind of thing that just like inspires me, I guess, and the why behind this on my end, I guess, is I just love pushing the envelope. You know what I mean? So when we started the rundown, our original show on Runners, there was nothing like it on the East Coast. Obviously, uh, Jamil had his show on the West Coast, but they never featured East Coast races. And then kind of going to like, we started Ridge Runners Live. Well, that was kind of done before. So that was a little different, but uh, Voss Talks, like that was really just a big thing for me. Like, let's get this show off the ground. It's never happened in any trail and ultra podcast before and so kind of for me it's just like my why is can you push the envelope on the trail running scene because i think it can still grow a ton i think there's still a ton of growth obviously but i think it's a super unique opportunity to kind of just inspire others through through some content so that's kind of my why and why i always love just you know whether i'm posting social clips creating graphics or whatnot it doesn't ever hardly feel like work it's just kind of something that like i just love to do so Yeah, totally. And I will say about Vostox, it's been very fulfilling to see it come from something that we come up with sitting on camping chairs on the top of Dairy Barn Hill, looking over Athens to like seeing the actual final thing and having, you know, Steel Town Runner and training for Ultra Rob call into the show live. Um, when I have, I've only heard of those guys, I've never spoken to them in real life. And they call in and they're like, this is a really cool idea. We're really stoked that y'all are doing this. You know, just that whole process from this idea that we're just, you know, sitting up there drinking beers and talking about to um, turn into something real and then seeing the success that it's sort of already had has been incredibly fulfilling. So I do want to say, Wesley, like I am so stoked that you are always pushing the envelope as well. Takes a little bit to get you guys on board, but uh, usually just like if I said enough text in the group chat, you know, stuff, stuff will get done. 
Uh, Kim, do you have another follow-up question or uh, Brisson, do you have anything else uh, in regards to something else you want to learn about, whether it's from us or just in general, uh, kind of as you go through this process of putting out more races? Yeah, um, I do want to say something. Like, guys, I've already told Cam about this on my talk show, but it's literally like a ticking time bomb before everybody knows who you guys are. And, like, what y'all do is, like, super awesome. It's good. It looks good. It sounds good. It's what people want. Um, especially on the East Coast. Uh, so yeah, like I love what y'all doing, and uh, it's literally just a matter of time before y'all before y'all pop, and y'all already are. Like y'all have already y'all got like four hundred something subscribers on YouTube already. Like uh, it's just a it's just a steady climb to the top. So I'm super excited to see like where you guys go with this uh, talk show and everything. So um, yeah, I'm super happy. Like five years from now, I'll be able to say, oh, I was on the Ridge Runners back in the day. So uh, yeah. Well, that's going to be the same thing about you. It's like, I've never done a Texas race, but when I do, it's going to be one of your races now. Like, I know, and we say like east of the Mississippi, and obviously Texas is a little west of Mississippi, I believe, based on my geography recently. But it's just anything not Colorado. Colorado and over is like our demographic. So we're all in on Texas. Yeah, we're the mm-hmm. kind of flatlanders. I mean, you got the Smoky Mountains right there. So I don't know. You got central, east, and then you got the west. So. Um, to, I would say Texas is kind of like in the central area. Uh, we kind of match all the center states. So, Love it. I love it. So if, if, if a runner was traveling from the East Coast to Texas to run one of your races, what's one race they should definitely do out of the long list of races you're going to put on? Yeah, so the Chupacabra 50K would definitely be worth it. It's going to be... Um, kind of in like the deserty climate of Texas that you don't get in like North Texas, but you do in West Texas and you go through like a canyon and stuff. Um, so if you want that kind of Arizona type type of vibe, but you want to be in Texas, definitely suggest that one. And then the last man standing race, that one's going to be huge. It's going to be competitive. Um, there's no race like that in Texas. That's last man standing, especially in the Dallas area. So if you want to be in like a big last man standing race, definitely suggest that one. Um, and then obviously the hardest marathon, probably in the U.S. Um, I don't know what the hardest one is in the U.S. right now, but definitely the hardest one in Texas. So, um, yeah, those are like the top three. Like I would definitely suggest if you're going to travel for a race, one of those three would be definitely something worth to travel for. So, yeah. All right. I've definitely just added Texas to my post-COVID uh, <laughs> travel list as well. Many people who know me know I have not uh, made it out of Ohio much. And frankly, I've only really truly made it to like Chicago. Um, but, you know, definitely, definitely considering some of these races in the future, I now like have a reason to go to Texas. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm super excited, like with COVID, with the vaccines coming out, like we're going to get back to normal soon. And that's super exciting to hear. Like we're going to be able to walk around and people are going to be vaccinated. So they don't have to worry about getting it or giving it. Um, and hopefully like these vaccinations stay like FDA approved and everything. And they end up working like they should, but uh, I'm super excited like that. We're going to kind of be getting back to normal. And I feel like if you want to jump into the running scene and start like a, either a race or anything in the running scene right now is the best time. The best companies come out of, whenever there's crashes in the market and when the market recycles and restarts. And like right now, the people that stuck with trail running and trail racing, if they jump in now, five years, 10 years from now, when we're all like really back to normal, like we really were before, um, you're really going to see like the benefits from that. So yeah, just want to throw that piece in there though. So, and that's why I think you guys are going to pop off to like, as we get past this pandemic stage and there's more and more trail runners, like I went to the U S trail running conference. It talked about how, how trail running is starting to become more and more popular and so like right now is the best time i guess to hop into the market of trail running uh, before it gets too oversaturated and really have your brand known and everything like that and that's why i think you guys are like really going to succeed uh, post pandemic so yeah thank you briston um and so with that said we're going to get into our quick questions that we always end the show with um, if you've got any final questions that you would like to leave in the chat for Briston, do that now. And Wesley Harden will be sure to interject with them. But to kind of start this off, Briston, um, you've never ran in a race with an aid station, right? Um, yeah, yeah, I have. I've I've done. If you look at my, I have an ultra sign up mm-hmm. account. 
I've done a couple trail races and trail like the marathon was a trail marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have had some encounters, but not like ultra encounters yet. But yeah, I've had some encounters with some trail races. So, so with that said, then what is the one thing you can't leave an aid station without? <laughs> I feel like the obvious answer is water, uh, but I'm going to go off the limb a little bit and say grit because when you're leaving the aid station, it's hard because you're like, okay, it has everything I need. I can just sit here and chill. But if you uh, leave that or take grit from the aid station, like when you get there, like, all right, let's keep going. Uh, that's the best thing you could leave with. And obviously like water would be like the best like thing to go with. Like you need water. So, yeah. So you have an 86.23% ultra sign up score and a 99.98% age rank on your ultra sign up. That is just awesome to see. Uh, you says you were also signed up for the winter rock 25 K in Kansas, in Kansas. Uh, yeah. to start the year. Uh, talk about what that race is going to be like for you. Yeah. There's like going to be over 150 people signed up just because like, there's no races January 2nd, really. And uh, especially around the area, like that one's five hours away from me. Like that's the closest one. So I wanted to sign up for it and I want to get first, like I'm competitive and I, we didn't touch on this earlier, but, um, my my dream when i first found ultra running was obviously like to do ultras and stuff but my biggest dream was to be on the usa mountain running team and that's what's always kind of keep me motivated um i don't think i'll be able to do it just because i'm like not naturally talented at all uh but it's definitely an option so um yeah that's kind of like a big goal of mine and um i'm competitive like when it comes to running, like especially like a trail race, like I wanna I wanna win. Um, I don't know. There's this one guy, I forgot his name, something box. Uh, Mr. Box, though, if you're listening to this, um, I'll be competing against you. He got first in like a couple of the um couple of the previous years race at the Winter Rock 25k. Um, so yeah, I uh, I hope to win. Um, but we'll see. I'll be happy with top three. So yeah, it's David Box. He's got five finishes there, so yeah. use your uh, use your newness to the course. As soon as that helps, you know, when you have five finishes at a race, you know, sometimes just like can actually hinder you because you know it so well. So we'll be uh, we'll be pulling for you for sure. Uh, Kevin, I think you had another question. <laughs> yeah, and I do want to say we just we love to hear that answer where somebody's going into these things to be competitive. You know, even if your competitiveness is just I just want to finish five minutes faster than I did last year. You know. I love when people are going in ultras and they're like, I'm going to compete. I'm going to fight. I'm going to work hard, you know, like just like, finish. Go never been. Yeah. It's that is, that is great to hear. We can't wait to hear if you actually did. Um, maybe <laughs> we'll have you on if you win. Um, and so with that said, do you have any uh, pre-race rituals, Briston? Uh, yeah. I saw you guys put that question in and honestly, like, I don't, I don't think I have, honestly, like I just kind of like go to sleep, wake up and you go to the race. Like I'm pretty chill about it. Um, I don't really have any like specific rituals. Uh, I guess. Um, yeah. Don't really have any, just kind of show up and hope my training worked out. So. All right. And any, uh, post-race indulgences. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I, this might sound like a super Texas to y'all, but, uh, like catfish or like, um, some like burgers or something like that or some steak. Um, but yeah, I like fried catfish after a race. I don't know why I just crave it after doing something really tough. So yeah, some fried catfish. That is, we're going to have to try that, uh, after one of our races. I was going (laughs) to say that is an excellent answer. We've never heard that before. All right. And Briston, if ultra running had walk-up songs like baseball did, what would yours be? Uh, Party in the USA, but I think my, I think it's by Miley Cyrus. Uh, Yeah. Party in the USA. That's a banger. That song, that's, that's a yeah. huge addition to the playlist. So we have a Spotify yeah. playlist with all of our uh, guests that kind of come on the show. They get to get added to the, their song mm-hmm. added. And that is going to really just up the playlist by like, good percentage bit so yeah it hypes you up like it's like party in the usa and you're walking out yeah i i don't know it's cool i like it so <laughs> okay briston this one right off the cuff what uh song would get what song has better energy to it uh nine to five by dolly parton which was our first playlist edition shout out to tracy falbo for that one or party in the usa miley cyrus obviously party in the usa like mm. It's, I it's think close. we're 
We're going to have to agree to disagree on that one. We'll get Tracy and uh, Briston on a show just to argue it out for like five minutes. Maybe on Boss Talks, they'll come on and just argue why that song, better song is the best one for a, uh, for a hype song. Uh, Briston, we got one final quick question for you. Uh, if you could run with one pit, one person in the history of the world, even if they aren't a runner, would they be able to keep pace with you? Uh, who would it be and where would you run with them? Uh, honestly, like... I thought a lot about this question and there's, there's so many people like in history, like that have done so many influential things. Um, but I think it'd be cool to go on a run with like David Goggins. <laughs> I feel like it'd just be cool to talk to him and pick his brain a little bit. So uh, David Goggins, uh, it'd be cool to run with him at like, bad water or something like in the middle of a hot race while we're both dying yeah so what draws you to david goggins or like- uh his his mental his his mental fortitude and like how he persists through like pain and everything like that like he's just such a cool guy and he's influential and he's also um he's a he was a veteran and um i'm super patriotic myself um so i love that he was a veteran he served our country uh and uh, he's just, he's tough, you know? So, yeah. For sure. I mean, I feel like most people go either one way or another on David Goggins <laughs> and uh, for, for better or worse, you know what I mean? So that's kind of, I'm always kind of curious on like what people's kind of motivations are and kind of like how they see some people. Cause I, maybe everyone kind of has, maybe they, maybe they aren't a fan of David Goggins, but everyone has that person in their life who can relate to someone who's super inspiring and kind of just has transformed their ultra career. So that's yeah. uh super neat to see uh do you think you could beat him at a race would you go into it with that uh goal uh okay i'm 18 right now so seven years yeah yeah seven years from now yeah yeah for sure like if i was in a race against him seven years from now i feel like i'd be like prepped i'll have some like miles under my belt experience so yeah seven years from now i'd race david goggins and i'd I'd try to beat him is that seven years from now just Briston and it's current David Goggins, or is it seven years from now David Goggins? Because he's also going to age. Yeah, no, that's like him now. Like, okay, so I was like I love twenty-five. To hear that answer. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super tough guy. I respect him, but I definitely try to uh, compete against him. See how that would go. So. Well, when we clip this for social media and we tag you and David Goggins and you're just calling him out, taking that you're just going to take him down in a couple of years, I'm sure he'll respond and uh, challenge you to a race. <laughs> so if you were to pick a race to go at him, which one would it be? Against uh, David Goggins? Yeah. Mm-hmm. To go, if I were to go against him in a race, um, just because I'm from Texas, probably like the Bandera 100K or um, the Brazos Bend 100, uh, just something like that. Have you been to either of those two races already? Uh, not yet. Um, I was going to go to um, like the, I think it was like the Rocky Raccoon or something. Um, but like it was already filled up. So I didn't get in, I didn't get to like actually signed up. But um, next year I do plan on going to like one of those races. So yeah, I think the Brazos Bend was pushed back, right? Cause it wasn't, it was supposed to be like this weekend and it was pushed back to yeah. March or April or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rob Rob was planning on to put that on and it was like whenever I was looking at it like in August it was like already almost sold out like so many people signed up for it so I don't know actually like what happened to it or or uh, what it was doing or like what he's doing with it but um, it seems like a really cool race though and like I, I wanted to race it this year so. Well, we'll definitely have to uh, make sure you get in there and uh, we'll be following along uh, on YouTube to get a chance to get in one of those races. Uh, for our listeners who want to follow you on social media, uh, where can they find you and, of course, the Texas Double Running Company? Yeah, so uh, my personal Instagram is Lucky Reigns, uh, just like how it sounds, Lucky Reigns. Uh, and then all the social is just Texas Double Running, um, just like how it sounds. So if you type in Texas, Texas Double Running on anything, it'll pop up. And if you just type in either Briston Reigns or Lucky Reigns on anything, it'll pop up too. Um, yeah, that includes Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter. So, Well, thank you so much for joining the show tonight, Briston. Uh, we cannot wait to see you put on some of Texas's premier races in 2021. <laughs> uh, I know, I, like I mentioned, I haven't done an ultra in Texas, but when I do, 
it will be one of your races, Texas Devil Running Company. Remember the name, Regeneration, and uh, sign up for one of their races. Uh, other side notes in Regeneration, we do have Voss Talks tomorrow, our live radio style call-in show where you, the viewer, can call into the show live. Join us at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, for myself, Wesley Harton, the other host tonight, was the sixth man of the nation, Cam Wrench, and we are joined by the Texas Devil Running Company owner, co-founder, owner, not co-founder, it's, it's all him. It's right there. It's all him. Friston Reigns. We want to say thank you guys for watching and have a great night. Ridge Runner Nation, thank you again for tuning in to another Ridge Runners live show. Remember, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out as well. If you don't follow us on social media, make sure to give us a follow. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, join our Strava Club so you can get mentioned in the Strava Rundown every single week. We'll see you next week, Version Our Nation.